Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Compton Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I am Nia. And I'm Decoria. And this the summer sun is blazing out, children. Please wear your sunscreen. I do not want you to get sunburned or be de- dehydrated in this, well, bipolar weather we have very bipolar weather um but yes thank you so much for listening to the podcast our numbers have been doing great lately and we highly appreciate it we are back on our 2000s movies journey with a classic crouching tiger hidden dragon um this is my first time seeing the movie what about you marion is this your first time seeing the movie yeah this is my first time what are you, Corey? Yeah, I think I believe this is my first time seeing it, but my grandparents really like Chinese movies, so I may have seen it as like a child. Mm. Okay. What about you, Nia? Yeah, I've this is my first time seeing it too. Mm. Okay, okay. So this will be a very interesting, very interesting take. Um, Nia, who brought the movie to the table, uh, is gonna lead the episode for us as we jump in. Okay. Yes, yes. I um, decided to pick this movie because it's kind of always been on my to watch eventually list. Um, mm-hmm. I've, of course, have heard this name. Um, and I remember vividly in Blockbuster walking past this box like every day for like a whole summer. Um, and I just never saw it. Obviously, I was very young. Um, and now I've just gotten like to the point where it's like, okay, I'll watch it eventually. I'll watch it eventually. But this is perfect. It fits right at 2000. So it fits in the 2000s movie thing we're doing. Um, so a little bit about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I'll just talk more about it and then go into like the plot summary. And then we can talk about what we liked or what we didn't like and what we thought about it. Um, mm-hmm. So Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a 2000 wuxia film directed by Ang Lee. Um, written by Huang Hui Ling and James Shameless and Ko Jung Sai. P- okay, for- forgive me in-, in advance for pronunciations. I'm going to probably do horribly with these names, but I will try my best. Um, it is based on the Chinese novel of the same name, serialized between 1941 and 42 by Wang Du Lu, um, the fourth part of his Crane Iron Pen uh, series. Um, the money movie made was only it cost not only it cost 17 million dollars to make and it made a whopping 213 million in the box office worldwide and it is the only if i believe the only foreign language film to cross the 100 million dollar mark in america um so it made 128 million in the united states alone and keep in mind like back in the day movies weren't making a billion like like now we live in a time where movies make a billion like a a superhero movie makes a billion and like it's no big deal but back Mm -hmm. then it was like if a movie made over 200 million dollars that was huge especially if it wasn't like this big blockbuster with this huge budget or like a remake or a sequel like this was a big deal it was kind of the trend in 2000 so everyone and their mom was obsessed with this movie um it was an international success and it is the first foreign language film to get all kinds of Oscar nominations. I'll get, talk more about awards later. But um, it's had overwhelming universal acclaim. Like, I think out of all the movies we've done, we haven't done a movie that had like 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, 97? That's insane. And at 86 I think user score when user scores, they like to butcher user scores. So like, I was like, that's amazing. Um, They have overwhelming praise, universal acclaim. This movie was like totally like the it movie for the year. Um, It was nominated for 10 Academy Awards and it's the, and it's the most Academy Awards for a foreign language film ever. And even to this day, there's not another foreign language movie that has that many nominations um, it won for best art direction, best cinematography, and best foreign language film, and best original score. I have an issue though that they did not nominate any of the actors um, for best performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a little racism crippling in there. Um, a little, <laughs> as it usually does. 
oh no a lot of racism but i feel like they did that on purpose to say like oh we like this movie but we don't know any of you individually which is very what you know white people love to do um but they uh, it was the highest like i said highest nominations roma in 2018 has 10 i believe so it tied with that um and it ranks on so many lists of like greatest of all time. It's ranked number 497 on Empire's 2008 list of the greatest 500 movies of all time. On 2010, Independent Film and Television Alliance selected this film as one of the 30 most significant independent films of the last 30 years. Um, in 2016, it was voted the 35th best film of the 20th century, picked by 177 film critics from around the world in a poll conducted by BBC. Um, like the lists and the accolades go on and on. Um, the okay, a lot of some interesting trivia and facts. The act, the movie is two hours, so it's a long one, quite a long one. Um, and it's like a full two hours, not a two hours plus like in like I, you know sometimes two hours is more like an hour and a like forty five. No, this is a full two hours. Um, this. Act, this movie all of the actors did mostly of all of their own stunts and since this is 2000 when cgi wasn't really common and also they didn't have the big budget like 17 million is a lot but in retrospect in order to make a really cgi heavy movie today they're spending like hundreds of millions of dollars to make those movies and we rely a lot on cgi today but back then it was not as like readily used like um, so they CGI was used sparingly just to remove wires that were holding them up in certain scenes and the fight sequences. Um, a lot of interesting stuff it was fascinating. Like Michelle Yeoh didn't um, really, she didn't know how to speak Mandarin. So a lot of these actors had to learn the language <laughs> to do this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the What's interesting, what's hilarious is that a Taiwanese born Hong Kong actress, Shu Chi, I think that's, or Ki, Q-I. Uchi. Okay, yes. Um, she was originally cast as the role of Jen. Um, and she worked on the film for a minute, but she pulled out because her agent told her to do a Pepsi commercial in Japan. And she changed agents after she Period. saw pop that agent. I'd be like, what? Are you trying to prey on my downfall? You told me to do a <laughs> Pepsi commercial when I could be doing this movie? Crazy. No, but um, truly fumbled the bag. But, um, and also the actor who played Lu, uh, Lee Mubai, his name is Chao Yunfat. Um, he had to do 28 takes on the first scene of the first day shooting because he had such difficult time speaking Mandarin. And mm-hmm. like years later, he said, like, looking back, my accent was horrendous and, um, it's awful quote unquote, um, so a lot of the actors truly like the hardest parts for them, even though the fighting scenes were rough, like getting the script memorized and just trying to speak was very difficult for them. Cause I think a lot mm-hmm. of these actors are um, uh, Asian American or just English is their first language. Um, I also and- think it's because they're born in different parts of yes. like Asia. So you have like Michelle Yeoh, who's like, malaysian chinese so yes yes her, the dialects in which they speak and the accents are different from like someone who's born in taiwanese in hong kong like choi on fat is a hong kong actor and they yeah. speak cantonese over there <laughs> and it Very sounds true. so different from mandarin of course if you don't know the language you probably wouldn't be able to pick it up but like mm-hmm. you can tell that they were dedicated like the fact that michelle Yeoh took a whole year off just to learn like you can see the dedication mm-hmm. in the film yep yep that's very true and um this is the only martial arts film to be nominated for academy award for best picture um and then director ang lee described this movie as like a dream of china that probably never existed which is kind of interesting when we kind of talk about the plot and like what we thought about the movie in retrospect um mm-hmm. Fun, fun fact, uh, Wu Pingyun, who is the film's choreog- action scene choreographer, he worked on The Matrix come through. And I can kind of see in like the cuts and the edits a little bit. I was like, hmm, it's giving mm. a little matrixy. Love how everything's tied together. 
And the name Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a literal translation of a Chinese idiom, which describes as sort of like someone who has these hidden talents that go unnoticed, um, sort of like you're hiding your strength, you're hiding your genius or your, your sort of, what do you call it? Like sort of keeping that from the people around you. Um, yeah. When so I was, came... oh, 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 go ahead. I was no, go just going to mention, since we were talking about production, <laughs> like when I watched the film, I think it was, it was one of the first times, well, I had I had don't watch older Chinese films, and one I always thought that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was like an American-made Chinese film, so I was expecting a lot, <laughs> right? Like I was expecting mm-hmm. like a lot of uh, stereotyping or like just because you know, it was like a martial arts craze, like in the eighties yeah. in America. So I was expecting something along the lines of like a better film karate kid you know like film bros always mention crouching tiger hidden dragon so i'm like um if this is like a token white boy film then i don't know how to feel about it but i was woefully surprised when i well woefully surprised when i opened it up and they were speaking in mandarin and i was like okay okay no, me too did y'all think this film would be in mandarin first thing no no yeah. i thought it was gonna be uh in english mm-hmm. yeah yeah same same that just yeah, shows I mean, you which movies we are expecting, you know, basically white Hollywood to love. <laughs> yeah, like, right. um, what's that Bruce Lee, Enter the Dragon or something like yeah. that? Like, yeah. That kind mm-hmm. of film. When y'all, did y'all watch this on HBO? I yes. watched it on no, Amazon. It on, same, okay. same. On HBO, this white lady tells you a little bit of information about the movie before it starts. And she talks about how the show won, what, four Academy Awards? Is that what you said, Nia? But it was nominated for 10. Mm-hmm. and so when i heard that i was like oh okay but when the film started and i was like this i was like back then they let this movie win and there's no white people right i was like oh, okay i was so shocked i was expecting white people to be everywhere in this movie oh my god listen i was so shocked and then since we're talking about the action um i haven't i'm i'm on i, I love watching action movies action dramas and as someone who's um into current whooshes that have been released at, like the last 10 years or something like that i haven't watched a martial arts based film where they embraced the use of wires like i've watched in this one mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a lot of modern f- action films that use martial arts try to hide the fact that they're using wires and i feel like this movie used that to their advantage and it was so cool to be engrossed in this action scenes because I feel like, especially in dramas, modern Chinese dramas, not modern Chinese dramas, but modern wuxia dramas nowadays, they like to like slow stuff down and like to make it look cooler with editing and effects. And there's, I think there's a very, um, a uniqueness about just letting the fighting happen. Mm-hmm. And, being engrossed in the choreography that way that yeah no it makes sense it's like the old way of doing it like how the old fight scenes back in like the 70s and 80s like jackie chan's and bruce lee's mm-hmm. fight scenes like mm-hmm. they would be long and intricate and like it would be about the scene it wouldn't be about like how do we make this cooler like I no it's about cool, the fighting yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so like i see what you mean like and i also think it's because of the time like cgi was not really a it was a thing but it wasn't like practical that's a better word Mm -hmm. like people had access to it but the extensive nature of what it would take to make cgi look good was sometimes not worth it so they would just tend to go to for practical because it was like a tried and true method um and to me i just think i agree like sometimes practical effects just age better sometimes and they look better um and i love how they kind of let the fighting happen like you said, like you can see the longer fight scenes. I was kind of shocked because I was like, I can't remember the last time I've seen a fight scene this long. <laughs> right. Like, and it's almost I, like it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go mm-hmm. ahead no, I was going to say, no, no. I recently just watched um, the movies that this, what is it, the fight choreographer did. Like I just finished, I watched The Matrix this year and I watched Kill Bill. And Kill Bill like is very similar. In my, yeah. Not very similar, but I could see the similarities between the fighting scenes between this yeah. and gotcha. Kill Bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, um, so like 
like you said before, like I was shocked in all, that it was not in English. And also, I think this movie is from what I read. It's like a collaboration. Like it was a foreign language film made mm-hmm. for. I don't know if it was made for Chinese audiences. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think it was like a collaboration of like, yeah. let's make this together. Um, and what's super fascinating to me, this, okay. Mandela effect time, because I'm, I like my memory. It's not great, but sometimes I feel like I'm living in a different world. I could have sworn, I could have sworn on my life that Jet Li was in this movie. I could have sworn on my life that I had seen Jet Li's face on this poster as a kid. But I feel I, like he's been in this movie with the same techniques, and that's why mm-hmm. right. I'm thinking that. Like the, like, the the scene in the trees. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what's, I was like, there's no, I was like halfway through this movie, I was like, <laughs> when is Jen Lee going to show up? And then I looked at the cast, and I was like, oh, he's he's not here? When, what, what was I looking at as a kid? It, it's all very much like the Monopoly guy, does he wear a monocle? Does he, like, it's that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, Going into the cast, very famous cast. Like I said, Lee Mubai is um, Chao uh, Yunfat, um, Michelle Yeoh is Yu Shulin, and Zhang Ziyi. Uh, Zhang yeah, Ziyi is, yeah. Yeah, Zhang Ziyi is um, Jen. Um, Chang Chen is Lo or the Dark Cloud. And Chang Pepe, Pepe, I think that's Pepe, sorry. Mm-hmm, Pepe, yeah. like, Pepe, okay, she is Jade Fox. Um, now, before we move on, I have to talk yeah. about this cast because as somebody who watched <laughs> Chinese dramas, I was like, hold the fuck up. <laughs> Wait a second. Now, I know who Michelle Yeoh is, right? And yeah. I also know who Zhang Ji is. I was looking at Zhang Ji's. Now, I've, I just got done watching. She hasn't done dramas. Like, she just does movies. She did a huge drama called The Rebel Princess, which I fucking love. It's one of my favorite male Chinese actors. And it didn't click to me until I was looking at um her her discography that she is the actress from memoirs of a geisha and then i was like oh, oh wow yeah, she is memoirs of a geisha. <laughs> what oh listen no. when it clicked in my head i said oh fuck <laughs> like That's i was wild. like i my me and my mother rewatched that movie so many fucking times <laughs> it's like one of those movies that was like always on fx and like mm-hmm. um and so i watched it a bunch of times and i was like that is who that is she is in memoirs of a geisha and so but i knew she was a huge name but i was just like whoa what the fuck and then we got to her little boyfriend dark cloud and i was like is this this motherfucker from love destiny and so lo and behold it's the motherfucker from love this man first of all has aged like fine wine let me show y'all a picture of him because i was like i was like is this my fine man from my 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 god drama that I didn't finish because it was just boring? But <laughs> he himself is looks great, and I was like, have they worked together like since this film or whatever? And they've done movies together, but they have a, they haven't done a drama together. And I'm like, oh, that has to change. <laughs> that has to change like now. He looks great with the historical hair. Um, he played the god of war in this Chinese drama called Love and Destiny, which is a part of this like big franchise. But the man looks great. <laughs> He's oh, giving wow. forty sexy, right? Right. He looks good. 40- good. Oh my good. And- okay, King. <laughs> right. So I was hella surprised to watch this because I was like, oh, these are faces that I've seen before. And I was like, and I kept thinking to myself, because you know, um Michelle's you know, her latest movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I was like, have I seen anything with Michelle Yo in it? And I couldn't think of anything. Lo and behold, she was in Memoirs of Bagatia. And now I've watched Carpenter Tiger Hidden Dragon and I feel cultured. <laughs> <laughs> it all the, um, the new the second Avatar film? Hmm? The Avatar film. Who? The one that the Avatar, the blue people. Wait, is what? she? I because I was like, oh, I haven't seen her a while. I click her little movie thing. She's coming. She's in four different movies this year. Two of them being animations, and she's been doing movies for so long. I just haven't been watching. I know. Them. Wow, she's in. She's gonna be in Avatar too. Okay. Wow. 
Why does Avatar have up to like five movies? The fuck? Listen, we need to do an episode on that because greenlighting something that you don't even know people are excited for. Um, <laughs> it was an interesting choice. Very right? Interesting choice. I didn't know she's she's gonna be in The Witcher. The huh? Wait the the next season the of The one? Witcher? Yeah, the Blood Origin. Yeah. Oh. She's in the Minions movie. This other uh. Oh, did she play? Okay, I just saw the Minions movie last week. I feel like I know who she played. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's a Kung Fu wow. Panda too. I knew that. She plays the voice of um, the soothsayer. She is getting the bag. She like, is. Booked right. and busy. Booked and busy. We love that for her. Yes. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to like summarize the plot. It's a lot, but I bullet pointed it. So I'm going to like just run through it so spoilers mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the movie um pause it watch the movie come back you know the drill um the story is set in during the Qing dynasty which is roughly from 1644 to 1912 but it doesn't say what exact year or time it's sort of like this general idea um Le- yeah. uh, master Li i think Mubai that was one of the last royal dynasties of china yeah i think that's yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Master Li Mubai is a famous swordsman, and he wields like a 400-year-old sword, legendary sword called the Green Destiny. It's noticed, It's known to be like this great sword that has, like, it's perfect. It's f- for, it'll make any swordsman even better. It's like this sought-after thing. Um, mm. Mubai wishes to give up his, his life of being a war. He, he said he's like, it's the sword has killed so many people. He's tired. He wants to like retire and move on to the next phase of his life. Um, and asks his friend Yu Shulin, which is Michelle Yeoh's character, to take it to Sir Te, who's a merchant, and their friend as well, their mutual friend. Um, the two Shulin, Michelle's Yeoh character, and Li Mubai, like have long time liked each other for many years, apparently, but um uh Lian was set to get married to a another man who died so she's technically a widow even though she was never married to him she was engaged so she's a widow yeah and they were and friends so, Limu Bai yeah. and that man were friends or like that's very true or some shit like that yeah and so out of respect for him they've not gotten together um because she doesn't want to come that to disrespect uh her previous the man she was engaged to um mm-hmm. but they still like each other and they have for years um and Serte is like when will y'all learn that just need to get together like it's stop playing around <laughs> which was funny um the two uh okay so then she gives him the sword um because he trusts both of them he's like stay the night we're long friends whatever you need she meets his daughter who is jen um and she seems like this like innocent like i'm half like she's being forced to get married she doesn't want to get married she wants more out of life she's like fascinated by shulian oh go ahead i don't think it's his daughter i think that's is it not his daughter i thought she was the governor's daughter and she just came to visit oh well oh that could be it too i could have had yeah i think she's visiting to their house or something like that okay well yeah, but she is the daughter of either the governor, yeah. Then she mm-hmm. is the the daughter of a high estate uh, person. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is mostly saying, like, I want more out of life. Um, I don't want to get married. I, I envy you. You get to be a warrior and you get to, like, explore the world. You're not tied down anywhere. And Shulian is like, yes, but we also have to sleep on, like, wooden, like, on straw floors. And we have to, like, not bathe for days. It's not all romantic that like they express in the books um and so she uh jen is sort of like well, you should be my big sister um and then she's like trying to get close with her and then um later that night and oh shu yan who's also an accomplished warrior herself so she's like she's also high esteemed um but later that night a thief steals the green destiny sword um and escapes after fighting um, Xu Yin. But Xu Yin afterwards is like suspicious about who it is and Mubai. Um, and then after that moment, Mubai comes to the, the estate and he really just wants to be with Xu Yin. Um, but now they're kind of entangled into this mystery um, because it's his sword that got stolen. Um, 
the one that he gave up. And so they discover that the thief originated from Governor Yu's estate. Um, they investigate and find the famous Jade Fox is the culprit. And Jade Fox is another, like, she's an older female warrior who is, like, infamous for, like, doing bad things, killing people, being a thief, that type of thing. Um, Jade Fox had killed Mubai's teacher, but she was actually, we find out later, she was his lover, but he was misogynist and didn't want to teach her the ways of Wudang, which is a special fighting technique because she's a woman. And so it gets very complicated and she killed him because he wouldn't teach her. And um, another warrior man named Bo um, meets a father and a daughter and a father's undercover policeman. And he goes to stays with them in the Jade and they want revenge on Jade Fox because apparently I, I believe if I remember correctly, she killed his wife, I yes. think. Yes. Yeah. And so they want revenge. And so the, they, the Jade Fox finds them um, and they all have this really big fight scene where like the Jade Fox is on, she's fighting several people like the father, mm-hmm. the daughter, she's fighting the other man. She's, and then also, um, Mubai I think comes there and her apprentice who we then learn is is Jen um comes in like they all fight and she kills the dad who's the undercover cop and so Mubai tries to get them but they run away and then they go back to their house because then we learn that Jade Fox is the maid of Jen so they're both warriors um but she is her student. So she learned, we all learned that that was their dynamic teacher master sort of situation. And then she's like, you cover, you to killed an undercover cop. And then they kind of had this argument. And then because that was the first time she had really seen Jen fight. And then she's like, you know, I learned all this advanced technique and cause I can read and you can't. And it turns into this like sort of deception thing. Like you lied to me. You didn't tell me you could fight this well. And so then she, Jen feels guilty and tries to return the sword, but then Mubai intercepts and Mubai is like, I need to become your teacher. And she's like, no, I'm not going to, you're never going to become my teacher. <laughs> like she's very angry, very mad. Um, then uh, she kind of floats away. I love how all of them are just like floating. And I'm like, huh, flight, just, just flying everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it's like parkour, but, but it, 10 times more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, parkour is very interesting. All the folks who do parkour, please don't attack. I love parkour. I'm talking about like <laughs> it's flying. So, um, okay, then back at the house, um, then Jen and Jade are like, what do we do? Um, and then after uh, Jen, the Jade Fox leaves, uh, we see this man who's like an intruder and we find out that's her boyfriend, Jen's boyfriend, Lo, the bandit. What's his name? Dark Cloud, I think. Did I remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dark Cloud. Dark Cloud, he comes and is like, I've come to get you. And, and we realize we're like, who's this man? And then like they love, they're like <laughs> embrace each other, they kiss. And then we get a flashback. So what happened was they met by she was her she was going in a caravan all her her because she's a noble woman so like she has all her staff and all her people who work for their family on a caravan going to the whatever destination they're going to and they get robbed by a bunch of bandits and they the bandit the bandits like don't get all the women but then she hops out the, the carriage and is like let me get a horse and she starts Ready trying to, to get scrap him. i was Ready. like, uh, like i was like this on one I know you know how to fight. You didn't have to go chase that man throughout the desert. That call she, was not that important. This, honestly, the flashback was hilarious because, like, you see that this girl does not give up, even when she's not in danger. She says, "No, you're gonna, you're gonna get it, these hands." Um, and so she, they're in the desert, by the way. And so she goes on a horse, not knowing where she is, and she chases this man back down because she wants her green comb. And she's like, and the kind of more like green comb symbolic revenge. Um, and so she tries to kill him. She kind of like falls, passes out. He takes her back to his hideout. She wakes up, tries to kill him again. <laughs> um, then she escapes, walks in the desert. That time when she walks, I was like, girl, do you don't have a plan. You're in the desert, no food, no water. Where are you going? Um, then he finds her again, takes her back. And then she, but then I think he ties her up or that I'm mixing up the third time with the second time. But again, she wakes, she wakes up 
and like he doesn't tie her up and she walks out and like hits him on the back of the head with a rock and then he finds her again (laughs) and then this time he ties her up I believe and then he's like you can't go anywhere now but he was so like even though he's abandoned he like got her bath water and I was like girl why are you like if he wanted to hurt you he would have he would have like killed you back at the place like Mm -hmm. but like and I'm not saying don't I'm not saying that it's not her fault she was obviously scared anybody would but like her persistence like after the third time you got to be like girl listen it's three times you're in a desert you don't know where you are like form a plan before you try to just out off this man (laughs) the only ticket getting out of here um but then they kind of scuffle a bit and she they kind of like like oh maybe we do like each other and then they they sleep together and they fall in love yay and then after that uh she's mostly staying with him but we don't know how long she stays with him i think it's a couple days um and she he's like a bandit so he lives out in like a con- deep countryside where caves and mountains are so it's very remote um so like they're around a lot of animals a lot of farming um but she like loves she's like okay I'm free I can be with this man that I love I don't have to like be obligated to marry someone I don't want to she's super happy but then her father's people his father her father's sending out like men to find her like mini armies to like find her obviously because they want her back home but Mm -hmm. she's like you can't don't make me go home and he's like if we had a kid you would want to find our kid um and I was like, okay, reasonable king. Um, but <laughs> like, like he, um, she's like, okay, they kind of agree that she, they'll try to figure out a way that they can make everyone happy and still be together. And so she goes back and she's like, keep my comb, um, give it back to me when you come find me again. And uh, it's a sad goodbye. And then you go back to, actually before he leaves she mostly they, he brings up a story about like this guy who jumped off a mountain and like figured out how to fix something in his life and now it's like if it's like an idiom of saying like if you believe hard enough anything's possible um and it mm-hmm. comes back later in the movie um and when he so we go back to the present where he like is a bandit trying to well he, he's an intruder in her house and she's like don't come back here again we're done this is over and so he gives her back the comb and he leaves. She kind of cries a little bit. Um, and then you cut to it's her wedding day. And like, she's all dressed up in her wedding attire, like in the street parade thing where they like say like, okay, this, this person's getting married and he mm-hmm. interrupts and he's like, no, this he's like, it's a big, like, no, we have to go together. Come with me. And he, man almost gets killed several times. And I'm like, that's lucky. Um, but he gets stopped and saved by Mubai and Shulian. Um, they're like, if you love her, you wouldn't be out here doing this. You would wish her well and stuff. And you can't do it if you're dead. And he's like, you're right. And so he's like, okay, go to this province, go to this area and wait for us and wait for my call. And just, we'll figure this out. And I was very, I was like, okay, Shulian and Mubai are very nice trying to help these people. They really have no con- obligation to help um Mm -hmm. but they're very nice and then okay then you cut to we find out the sword is missing and jen is missing like i think this is the next day um and then so she's posing as like uh another person in like this small town like with an inn and they're like she's dressed as a boy she's returning yeah as like like a young master young what do you call those those kind of guys um and she's dressed as like okay and at first they're like who are you yada 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 and then she's like shows her sword techniques and they're like oh do you know Lee Mubai um and they're like she's like yes that's my enemy that's my mortal enemy and I was like okay sis <laughs> he's not your enemy he no, wants she says to be he's enemy. one of my defeated foes I said when oh <laughs> when did that happen uh, <laughs> listen her anger towards this man I'm like sis you you have no reason to be mad at him but anyway that's, that's for later um and so then she goes to this inn and proceeds to beat up every man in the world then she like the building is just decimated like she cleared house um they have insurance because the (laughs) staircases are gone they had Um, to have insurance because in the next scene the 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 inn is fine (laughs) like that's true 
she, Nia is being humble when she says she ruined the house. She like ripped this place to fucking shreds. It's like a bridge that was connecting two parts of the building that fell down. But in the next scene, when Ling Wubai and Shulin come up, the building's fine. I said, what kind of construction company? What is the time? <laughs> what point in time are we? The right? building is just like fine. <laughs> right? Like instantly built back up. Yeah. Um, and then, so she, um, leaves and then takes residence at, uh, Shuyin takes residence at a near Wudang temple only to be joined soon later by Jen, who's like, oh, sister, I'm so glad to see you and yada, yada. But then it kind the conversation kind of goes a 180, goes, goes south. And she's like, wait, you're trying to take me back to my family. Wait, you're not on my side oh, you, you just, you're working together with Mubai. He's my enemy type thing. And I'm like, girl, you've well, convinced yourself. It was, it was so weird because she was just like, oh, you, oh, y'all, pl- well, first of all, <laughs> when she took the sword and left, Mubai put it back. I was like, do you really mm-hmm. think they didn't know who you were at this point? Right. <laughs> and so when she goes to see Shulin and Shulin is like, yeah, cool. But you have to, she's like, you can't keep running like this. Like you have this, the green destiny sword. Anybody who comes to contact you is going to want to fight, babe. I don't know what you thought was going to happen. You going around telling people that you took down Limu Bai, Limu Bai. And she's right. like, you got to get your shit together. And so she's like, well, um, she's like, Lo is waiting for you at Wudong temple. And, and um jen is like oh my god y'all plotted together to trap me i said bitch didn't nobody tell you to take the sword again didn't nobody <laughs> tell you to take this i was like they've been protecting little brat <laughs> yeah we'll get listen we'll get to it because i have opinions like she completely <laughs> took their kindness as she's like i've been helping and protecting you this entire time why would i try to mm-hmm. backstab you but she don't listen because she's hard-headed and so they fight and a very great, I think it's like one of the best fight scenes in the movie. Like it's yeah. intricate. Listen, Shu Lin gets every weapon. It's like a video game moment where she picks up every weapon. She's changing it like in real time. Like you're <laughs> like you're I going in your inventory, so switching in. impressed with the thought that Michelle Yeoh had to learn how to do several different fight sequences with seven different we- several different weapons right? and make it look natural. I was like, bitch, how long did y'all prepare? for this right. movie because learning one fight scene with like a sword it's hard enough especially if you've never done martial arts before if you don't have like a dance background if you don't have an athletic background she was she used like seven different weapons i was like well be a bad bitch then be a bad bitch yeah <laughs> right it was looked so natural for her to know how to use every single weapon that she picked up and i was like that's incredible it really was. Um, that was like super awesome fight scene, but it ends sort of with like Shulian gets like slashed in the arm, um, and so Mubai intercepts. Who still he's still in this mindset of let me be your teacher, and I'm like, sir, we get can we can we? I, I was like, sir, we need to ha- we need to sit down and stop this kind of conversation. Can we? Like, I get you wanted her to be your student, but let's prioritize. But um then they the two of them kind of he chases her through the woods which is like to me the best this is like the most artistic like scene in the movie it's like amazing to watch this so like he chases her into the forest they kind of have this tree fight thing and it's like they're balancing off trees like flying in the air it's it's right it's like amazing it's one of like definitely giving art hashtag aesthetic um and it's like that scene was amazing and they end up near a river and she's like if you can get the sword back from me in three hits then i'll be your student and he does it in like two and she's like wait <laughs> not in me and then he's like tossing the sword because that's not he's like this sword doesn't mean anything and then of course she chases after it and almost drowns but then jade fox saves her kind of saves her kind of kidnaps her and mm-hmm. jade fox takes her to a cave um drugs her and is like listen, it's, we can handle this. We can, we can like, you don't have to worry about those people. Like we can just go on our original plan. Um, but she's setting up poisonous needles without showing um, a gin. Mm-hmm. And um, Mubai finds the hideout, sees that she's drugged and like quickly gives her an antidote um, and is like, okay, you, you need to be like, he's still on the student thing. And mm-hmm. then 
uh, Shulian arrives and Jade Fox shows up shortly after. And when Jade Fox arrives, she starts immediately shooting all these needles at everyone. And, and like a badass, um, Lee Mubai is like blocking everything. <laughs> it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but he, sh- he kills Jade Fox, who is like the one that he's trying to get revenge for his teacher. Um, but she's like, you killed me, but I'm taking you with me type of thing. And so we see that a needle hit him in the neck. And so um, it's a poison that goes straight to the heart. And so like it's Jen will be like, okay, I know what this is teacher. Like she told me I can go get the antidote. It just takes a lot of really intricate ingredients, but if you can live for two hours, I can get that back to you. And so she runs and tries to go get all these things. And she's like, save your breath, go meditate. And so he meditates with uh, Shu Yin in a, in the little enclave cave thing and they sit and how he mostly like confesses like he wasted his life there's no point to keep meditating um he and he says he loves her and he dies and like they it's just a sad scene very emotional but my uh, favorite line from that entire scene he's like i'd rather be a cursed ghost by your side than in heaven and i said well damn bitch i was like oh wow giving poetry it's that's a word um and then at first I thought okay did this girl just up and leave not even try Mm -hmm. but then we see like she actually was trying to get the antidote but she just couldn't make it back in time and then she gets back she realizes that he died and she's like oh she's gonna kill me and the way they set up that scene was so wild because I genuinely thought that Shulian was gonna like slice her head off Mm -hmm. um but she didn't she was just kind of like okay um like go be with Lo. He's in this area, like being happy. He's at Wudong Temple, yeah. Yeah. And then she's just like, go. Um, And then like showing even at the end of it, like they were never trying to hurt her and like she was overthinking the entire thing. And so Mm -hmm. she goes, Jen goes to be with Lo and they reunite. They're happy for a minute, but then she's incredibly, she feels probably very guilty and unhappy. And then she just kind of jumps off the edge of a building and ah i think it's coded that she dies um and that's the end of the movie so that's crouching tiger hidden dragon i would like to hear what y'all thought like when when it ended what was y'all's opinion on what the ending meant mary you want to go first um when it when i first saw the ending i was i did think that she died but then i replayed it again and i was like well, she doesn't look like she's falling. It's that floating action again. So I thought mm-hmm. that she just ran away. Mm. Okay. Any other thoughts? About the movie in general? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the movie was okay. It was a little bit too poetic for me, personally. <laughs> um, yeah. But it wasn't bad. It did keep... I did... My favorite scenes were all of the fighting scenes, specifically the bamboo one also. I really wish... I wonder if there's behind the scenes... Because I would oh, love probably to see, do. Yeah. I would love to see the actors like trying to control themselves on the wire as well on the as on those trees. Yeah. Cause um mm-hmm. bamboo is really it's strong, but like how did they reinforce it so they like didn't break under Exactly, their- yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I know what you mean, Marin, about it. It has to be crazy, it. yeah. Yeah. No, sorry to interrupt. I was just like, I know what no, you mean right. about it being too poetic, Marin. Uh-huh. Like, I know what you mean, like that vibe. <laughs> but yeah. Um, uh, what about you, Corey? Yeah, same as Marin. I thought she ran away. After I finished the movie, I was just kind of like, all right. I mean, like, I. It was a good movie. I see why people like it, but I don't think it's really for me, especially mm. considering, like, it's two hours long. I kind of felt like, okay, like, I kind of. I don't know. I didn't feel like watching it after like a certain point, but yeah. like the cinematography was great. The acting was great. There was a lot of scenes that I loved, like when they were fighting in the desert. I thought <laughs> that was pretty like cool. Like all of the fight mm-hmm. scenes were like amazing. So yeah. Yeah. What about you, Tori? I have a lot of thoughts because I think this is, it's one of those classics that I can see it's traces in current Wuxia. Like, the the hidden the crouching tiger hidden dragon thing and the undermining of women and things like that um for the ending i think well the story that he told was like that the guy jumped off the mountain and he he like had enlightenment and they talked about enlightenment at the beginning 
of the movie with when um, Lubai was talking to Shein and he was just like, I felt sorrow instead of feeling enlightened. And so I was wondering if it was talking about that. Um, I definitely get what y'all saying about it being like poetic, but I think that a lot of older Chinese movies are, mm-hmm. they base it off of that, the poeticness of the time, because like mm-hmm. you talked in like couplets and poems and symmetry and things like that so that's kind of what that's based off of um i did love the action i loved i was not expecting this to be a goddamn love story now let's let's start there <laughs> i was i was going in thinking this was going to be more like an 80s american martial arts movie and not something so more profound that she would have to dig into the symbolism of it more um i was there were some plot points that had me concerned um I didn't get that she was like uh when she well when she first stole the sword, I was like, Oh, it's that girl. But when her and the governess, like Jade Fox first interact, first of all, I don't even know that the governess was Jade Fox. Even with that awful painting of her, I was like <laughs> the wanted poster, when it was mm-hmm. turned out to be her, I was like, Oh, that's what they were trying to draw. <laughs> but um I was scared that they were gonna go in like the modern love triangle route and that this girl was going to fall in love with Lubai and I was like please Same. for the love of God <laughs> I thought that was going to happen yeah. I was terrified but like when um, Dark Cloud showed up I was like okay 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 she's got a boo she's got a boo We're this is about something else um, but I was looking up um, the themes of it on the, the things on Wikipedia seemed very shallow to me. They were talking about gender roles and how Shulin's character is constantly trying to push um, um, Jen back into her gender roles of, like, back into being married. And I'm like, that's not what that is. I think as an older woman who experienced the martial universe, she was trying to warn Jen that she has to be prepared for it. And it's not something that she can just spring into. Like, I felt like she was trying to be more of a mentor and care for her and less about, like, um, gender roles. Though the, t- though the title definitely... Uh, the title definitely is talking about how um, women are left out of, like, the martial arts world or the, you know, that world in general. Because the stars of the martial arts trend are all men. Mm-hmm. none of them are women <laughs> and obviously by this movie you can tell that women have the capability to embody those characteristics you have the hot-headed Jin, you have the mellow headed shulin you even have the antagonist who's jade fox and so i think it i i think there's a lot of symbolism that goes into the movie and i understand why people love it a lot um the ending to me i feel like was a cop-out i was like I yeah. wanted a solid answer after sitting there for two out two hours. I was like, I don't. I felt like they didn't know how to end it. Well, I felt like this was the probably proper ending for them in the more poetic sense of does is it guilt? Is is she committing suicide or is she just trying to find enlightenment for what was happening? But I was like, I don't think her character would change overnight like that. <laughs> um especially realizing that her teacher wanted to kill her and that the people that she was trying to fight were just helping her. I felt like they wasted a lot of care. What could have been character development for Jen as a character. Yeah. Instead of us remembering her as like a spoiled brat and to remember her being the hidden master that she is. I felt like there was a little bit of wasted potential towards the mm-hmm. ending of it. it. Yeah. And it kind of took me a while to realize that Jen is supposed to be the main character here. Um, right. That, like, <laughs> like this is technically her story. Um, and it's fascinating how we kind of learn about her story through like other people's eyes, even though we see her actions, like it's still not like we, it's, she's not the first thing we see when we see this movie. Um, like it becomes her story, but um, yeah, I kind of agree with y'all. Like I, this movie was kind of boring. Like it was, it was good. Like I know for a fact, everything is ticks the boxes, like cinematography, sound design, choreography, costumes, acting, it all's great. But I was like, I found myself like wanting to skip a little bit of the middle. Um, I didn't though. I watched it all, but it's just, I kind of was, how do I put this? Like, it's a good movie. I just don't mm-hmm. think 
I would watch it again. Like it's something I've watched. Okay, I'm done. Like this is not a movie <laughs> that I will necessarily go back to. Um, I it's like I enjoyed parts of it, mm-hmm. but I think if it was a little shorter, I might have enjoyed it a bit more. Um, maybe what? an hour and a half. Would y'all watch the sequel? Is there a um, sequel? People in the comments yeah. don't say watch the sequel. Okay. It's a 2016 movie. I think it's supposed to be like a standalone. Like Michelle Yeoh is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But... The whole cast is in it. Not all of them, but like three of, oh. the, main, three of the main mm-hmm. ones are in it, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, I probably wouldn't because I feel like it was made in 2016, so it's going to be much more CGI. It's just not going to have the same magic as yeah. the original has. Like I have, also I've watched enough Wuxia to be like, no, nah, I don't need to see. <laughs> it is much shorter. This one's an hour and thirty six minutes. Mm. I don't know. Netflix. I'd have to look oh, at wow. it and see. Twenty <laughs> percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. I nah. I I mean, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy this movie because I don't want to make it seem like I'm being really down on it because I think it's mm-hmm. everything was done correctly in terms of how it was made and produced i just wasn't in it's not the most intriguing story yeah 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 yeah. that's pretty much especially especially when you've watched martial arts movies if this was your first martial arts movie it's great but Mm -hmm. we've been into like asian media for years so we've seen this story arc this plot before um, I think the storytelling devices were interesting, like the flashbacks. Like again, we didn't even realize that it's Jin's story until mm-hmm. you get to the sword stealing. Like I was here for the love story between Shulin and Lubai at first, and I was like, "Oh, per, this is gonna be cute." Oh, it's not about them. <laughs> it's <laughs> right, right. It's so not about them. Nia, so- I'm mm-hmm. sorry, uh, Nia. Was this movie? Do you know if this movie was released in theaters like across the United States? Or did it blow up kind of the way Parasite did and the people went to go find it? Um, Because I'm interested think, to see if it was in theaters. I think it, it blew theaters. up at Cannes. I think it uh-huh. blew up I think at it did. And then and people of... were like, we want to see it. Okay. Yeah. Wait, so it... they showed it at Cannes first. And Are you talking about the sequel or the original? The original. The original okay, was okay. at Cannes. Mm. Yeah, I think also like word of mouth too back then. Like yeah. people were like... spreading how much they liked it um and i think it's because critics also immediately said how much they loved it too off the Mm. bat okay Um, do you think that maybe is because sorry do you think it maybe was because it was like so like new well not like new but like this movie came out came out in what like the 90s the 2000 2000 2000? okay yeah i feel like also mm, no go ahead go ahead sorry i think one it's a token white critic film which it suffers from, unfortunately. Mm. So when all the white critics are like, oh yeah, this Chinese film is definitely worth watching because we liked it. It's it's the same thing that happened to Parasite. It's the same thing that's happening to Squid Game. It's mm. <laughs> it's it's a token um pick me white film, even though mm. it's a great Asian, it's a great Chinese film. Um, but I also think that coming off of the martial the american martial arts wave this was a yeah. whole different type of action it's not jackie chan action it's not jelly right. action it's different and it gives people that fiction like like um well who's the, the director said it's a china that never existed and yeah. so it, it's enough fantasy that people who don't know about chinese history can watch it and enjoy it and be like oh i guess this might could have happened in the Qing dynasty you know what I'm saying and mm-hmm. so it's palpable for a foreign audience right and it's not saying anything too abst- I mean it's saying it's not saying anything too like to make radical foreign audiences <laughs> yeah it's not it's not pushing the wheel further if that in terms of like a really radical progressive narrative in that sense of like it's very radical I think with its female characters but I don't think it's trying to say a message that's going to get western audiences upset like it's not going to turn people away like oh this is a political statement you know how people be like oh keep your politics out of my film it's not going to (laughs) upset those people it's going to make them feel very comfortable right it's just going to be like oh this is just a story 
it fits into what they believe ancient China could have been. You know, hidden martial arts masters and torn love and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like like what's interesting about this movie is that you can't really place it in a time period, which is fascinating. Like I could look at this and be like, this could have been made 30 years ago. This could have been made 15 years ago. This could have been... I was also very impressed by the um the aesthetic of the film. It mm-hmm. like it looks like a believable small town and like the Qing dynasty of China. But I was looking at this and I'm like, did they just render this to 4K? Like why does it seem like <laughs> this movie could have been made a few years ago? Like that's how timeless it is. So yeah, I definitely agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Um I think that this was definitely a, um, I, it could also been like a reaction to like all of the more martial arts films that sort of took on more of a campy nature by the end of the wave. Um, not saying all of them were campy. I just saying a lot of them had sort of more of a, what do you want to call it? Extravagant. For an American qu- audience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Like this feels very much like, cut and dry like it's not going to it's a very serious movie too like the tone yeah. the script um you, it's a very dramatic movie too um so i i feel like it definitely was like flipping for for western audiences gotta put that in asterisks for western audiences yeah. flipping what martial art movies could be um because but i don't think that really was it for i'm curious to see if chinese audiences liked it because i couldn't see anything about i that. mean they would have definitely watched it because Cho Yun Fat, Cho Yun oh, Fat is a very big actor. Okay, I literally I should have put this in my notes, but they say it didn't do great abroad. Of course, uh, it oh. didn't. <laughs> of course, like, it I mean, for and it didn't do in Chinese, uh, in China, it didn't do good um, because they've had movies like this for years. It's really nothing. I think that's also why we're lackluster about it. This is nothing new for the age people who watch Asian, right? It's not a new story. It's 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 big actors. I know um Zhang Zi and Michelle Yeoh were big before this in China, but this got them big in America. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So someone said on the um the Guardian who was like I think they were a Chinese journalist. They said it's it's slow. It's like my grandma telling stories. And this is from two thousand one. <laughs> um Yeah. Like, and apparently it didn't it didn't do that well, which is I think it is like a through line between like from like what was that movie that really didn't do well in China that was uh oh Mulan. like Crazy Rich Asians okay, Mulan crazy. yeah like a lot made of the, for a specific audience yeah yeah for not it was very clearly like the Chinese like you said the Chinese audience probably is like we've seen this movie we know <laughs> we don't need another one of these you know yeah but um but for Western audiences the white people specifically ate this movie up they yeah. said take all of the things <laughs> but then proceeded to ignore the actors for the next seven to eight years also, or decade what other movie what other asian based asian made asian inspired movies got big like this it was this to me in my head it was this and then it was parasite it's like yeah there's no in between right. There's absolutely no in-between. And that's not saying the movie's bad. It's just that Pick Me Hollywood likes to be like, oh, look, we're inclusive. We love <laughs> we're so diverse. Movie. We're <laughs> so diverse. And I'm sitting here like, bitch, if you don't... <laughs> because what's crazy, it, they didn't nominate any of the actors. They were like, also, we love your movie, I, but we don't know you. Yeah, but also that like, all of us were so surprised that this movie was in Mandarin. Because... Yeah. That's how much it gets talked about in American film spaces. They're like, oh yeah, Country Tiger Hit a Dragon was amazing. And I'm like, oh, this must be some kind of... It still panders to, I guess, a Western audience because of the production company. But it's like... I It's everything that a, a white Western audience would want in their Chinese cinema. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're right on that, Mark. I agree. Um... Yeah, I feel like that's mostly... What would y'all rate this movie, like, out of 10? A 7. Yeah, like a 6.5. Yeah, I think a 7 is decent, yeah. 
Cause like yeah. it, it was a good movie. It was just like I agree with the person who said it was like slow. It was slow, and then yeah. like also, like I mentioned earlier, and you also mentioned Nia. Like if it was like a little bit shorter, I feel like it would have been like a lot more enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall it wasn't bad, and I can understand why it's so popular. Yeah, I give it a seven two. Like I, I just feel like I've seen this type of thing but that's not necessarily the movie's fault it's just that when you consume a lot of asian media you're going to see this type of story um and i think it was well made well acted well directed like i like how serious it is um Mm -hmm. but i just feel like uh, it's a little flatter for me so i wouldn't i would give it like maybe a 6.5 honestly um yeah, but I can see why people like film for for West. I can see why white film critics loved it. I can mm-hmm. see why they were blown away by it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, this was a good pick because I definitely I eventually wanted to watch this movie, seeing everyone yeah, and mother same. talking about it. And now that it's off my list, cool. Um, I need. Zhang Ji and Chang Chen to work in a drama together though because that's blasphemy this movie is 20 years old <laughs> y'all haven't worked in a drama together I need modern you can even give me historical but they had chemistry and I need it again period period yeah. <laughs> um but yeah this is a great pick great job Nia um our next movie it's back to my turn and we're going to 1993 and we're gonna watch Surf Ninja I'm so excited for you guys to watch Surf Ninja. Mm-hmm. It's an obscure movie that I found at Blockbuster, and it's one of my favorite films ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed this movie. How do you feel about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Come talk <laughs> to us at Twitter, at Commented, or TikTok, at Commented Podcast, or join our Discord, and we can chit-chat there. And don't forget to give us a five-star review babe don't pretend like you didn't just listen to three different episodes in a row stop (laughs) playing with me we love you until next time i'm tori i'm Marin. i'm nia and i'm decoria bye-bye